Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. We discussed yesterday that Gen Con is staying in Indianapolis through 2030. We're talking about the gaming convention. We're talking about this millions and millions of dollars coming in to Indianapolis, into the state of Indiana. No matter where you live, this is a good thing. If there were major conferences coming to Fort Wayne or Bloomington or Evansville, this would be good news. We would celebrate this like we should. Just like when we see a business entity coming to, well, well pick your spot in Indiana, it's good news. It's a good thing. Uh, the, the, the question is... Why were we told that because of Indiana's position on abortion or Indiana's position on transgender bathrooms that somehow we would lose all this business? Why were we told that we're a hateful state? Why were we told that people won't do business here if we have a ban on abortions after X number of weeks? Why were we told this? Why were we lied to? Why won't we address this question head on to those people who said it? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Whether it be Indiana Youth Group or a whole host of others who have engaged the idea, for example, that it's wrong that teachers tell parents when their children change their pronouns because parents are the problem. Well, what they said is that the parents don't accept the children and then the children are homeless. You're saying that parents are the problem. You're saying that. And that's a horrific and awful thing to say. Parents are the problem, so therefore information about their children should be kept from them for the child's own good is telling the child that the parent isn't the parent. They don't matter. It is a disgusting, despicable, reprehensible thing to say. And good on states like Florida that ensure that parents have rights. This should happen everywhere. Parents are the thing that matter. Of course, they get to know what's going on with their kids. And any teacher, any administrator, anywhere who says parents, you know, j- just as, a, as, as the idea of a blanket statement, shouldn't know, these are abusive people who shouldn't be near children. They should lose their jobs. They should lose their licenses. They should lose their pensions. I am a believer that the culture war is real and the culture war needs to be won. And it is these people who don't want parents to know what's going on with their children who are the ones engaged in the culture war and I believe they need to lose. They need to lose big. But on this abortion conversation, abortion in Indiana, abortion laws in Indiana will hurt business. Let's just search that up. Let's here here here's uh here's the New York Times. Eli Lilly and other uh major employers criticizing the abortion laws. Here is the Indy Star, more than 200 Indiana businesses sign ACLU letter opposing abortion restrictions. That was July of 2022. 
My gosh, that's a lot of work being done to show you that you're going to make it impossible for us to hire, impossible for us to do business if if you pass this legislation. And I asked the question then, could you, could you prove that, please? Could you show me the data? All I ever asked for, all you ever asked for was the data. Show us. Show us where this is true. Show us that an abortion uh, legislation in the state of Indiana that says we don't have abortions after uh, 12 weeks is going to mean we lose X number of dollars. And then we could decide whether or not it's worth it. Then we could decide whether or not it is worth it. You see, you put forth this idea that we're going to lose business, but you never told us how much. We're going to lose employees. You never told us how many and to what economic impact. So we could then measure whether or not the losses are worth it. I'm telling you right now, the political left is having a conniption in hearing me say this. And of course, they're all listening. Because they never, ever, ever get that turned to them. There are no reporters in Indianapolis or Bloomington or Fort Wayne or, or South Bend, whoever asked the question that way. We're going to lose business. How much and is it worth it? Well, we are talking about human lives here with abortion. So how much money are we going to lose? And then we can ask uh, Hoosiers whether or not it's worth it. We can ask the people of Indiana whether or not the juice is worth the squeeze. That, that somehow never comes up. They never ask that question. I've always found that peculiar. I find it peculiar that when major companies are saying we're going to get hurt, that Gen Con announces it's staying in Indianapolis through 2030. Now, I want Gen Con to stay for another 100 years and bring the money to Indianapolis. As a convention city, when we compare it to other major cities, it is excellent it is what it is what it is it is excellent as a convention city i'm very happy that they're staying and and thrilled to to, to want to take care of these people even if we were to disagree uh if i were to disagree with their leadership uh, politically on a couple things uh have your convention have a great time uh so glad that you chose indianapolis and kudos to the people who built the city I never, ever include myself in such a thing. I wasn't a guy uh, who was here at that time thinking about ways to to grow and, and to build. Great job. Well done. But let's discuss Gen Con staying. Doesn't that mean that the so-called leaders of Indianapolis or of the Indiana business community were wrong? And not just wrong, as wrong as wrong can be, because they weren't discussing things from a business point of view. They were discussing things from an ideological point of view. And our so-called business leaders in Indiana and so-called civic leaders in Indiana aren't actually leaders at all, but rather they are ideological stewards trying to push that forward while still making a living. So, you know, hey, you know, uh, we, we need to make sure that everyone's paying their fair share in taxes. But if you could cut this and cut that and make it easier for me and uh, let Eli Lilly just have a whole big bunch of areas there in Whitestown, that'd be fantastic. Thank you very much. Right? That's all okay and good. 
And I'm not even arguing against it. I'm just saying the same people who want to yell at the state regarding abortion restrictions are totally fine with the state giving them a handout. But there's another part to this that needs to get asked. And I don't think the question has ever, ever, ever been asked. If we were to stick solely with the subject of abortion, we're not talking about uh, legislation, about transgender, this, that, and the other, and of course children should not be allowed to choose their own gender, children should not be allowed to engage in these uh, medical procedures, they shouldn't be allowed to be mutilated, of course we should protect children from themselves and from others, and the people who believe that children should be allowed to do that, uh, let them move to Minnesota, I don't care. It's obscene. Now, nationwide, this shouldn't be allowed. I don't want to watch children get abused because some parent somewhere won't say, wait a second, the kid's only 12. And then there's the horror of parents who don't want this for their kids at all, but you've got states out there that demand you let your kids do X, Y, and Z, or we take your kids away from you, and they're so desperate to hold on to their children, and of course they are, it's their children, that they'll do anything. Just please let me keep an eye on my child. States like uh, California and Washington State that desperately want to take children away from parents are disgusting, despicable places. Thank goodness there are places like Indiana that recognize that the parent comes first. But I want to ask the question about abortion. Because you look at all the people um, that say that uh, restricting abortion, as the Indy Star wrote it, goes against their values and is bad for business. I mean, I guess I could ask the the question of of why abortion is one of your values, but maybe the question better gets maybe it is exactly asked like that, but maybe it gets better asked uh, why do you think abortion brings business? Why do you think abortion why is abortion good? Why? Has has anybody asked the CEO of of Eli Lilly or the CEO of MS Corp or the CEO of of, of name it has anybody asked did, did any uh, of the of the leaders of uh, of universities uh, sign sign this letter did this letter get signed uh, by um, by college presidents can can we ask them can we ask them whether or not uh, they can tell me. Or explain to anybody uh, through the data why abortion is good for business? Why is abortion good for business? I'd, I'd, I'd like to know. I have got a list of businesses in Bloomington that all signed the letter from the ACLU. We support reproductive freedom for all. Can I ask you, what is it about abortion that is good for your business? Now, uh, for the sake of um, uh, protecting uh, my, my uh, stations, I'm not mentioning business names. The, the, the list is out there and you can go uh, search it up. I don't mind discussing large corporations um, I, at all. I, I'm, I'm asking, I'm asking what, what about this is good for business? Can you show me anything, any bit of data, 
that says, well, we allow abortion willy-nilly, and therefore, here is the business upside. Here is where we have made more money. Here has, is where we've been able to hire X number more people. Can anyone do this? Can anyone in the state of Indiana show me that by having unfettered abortion, abortion up to and including the moment of birth, we have been able to do X. We've been able to hire Y. We've been able to grow Z. Anyone? I I actually don't think you have that data. If you have it, I want to see it. I don't think you have it. I think that your argument, your fear-mongering, hateful argument, because it is hateful towards the state of Indiana. If you don't do this, we're going to lose business, which is actually encouraging business not to come to the state of Indiana. When Arizona passed uh, uh, their Senate bill back in the day, that was about, uh, you know, if a police officer is involved in a lawful stop, detention, or arrest, they can ask the suspect their country of origin. Oh, my God. Well, it was SB 1023. Is that what it was? Um, people got so angry that Raul Grijalva, the congressman from Tucson, who's part of the Progressive Caucus, said, don't bring your conventions to Arizona. Could you imagine hating your state so much, being such an ideological jerk that you would tell people not to come to your state for business? That's insane. Gen Con leadership and I might disagree on a series of things. I want them to be in Indianapolis and I want them to bring more business. How can I help do that? We may disagree on a couple things, but man, we've got a lot of great hotels and a lot of great restaurants. It's so easy to move around. My gosh, you should have satellite uh, conventions in Bloomington and in West Lafayette and here and there. Oh, yeah, just everything should be Hoosier this and Hoosier that. would be fantastic. How can I help? How can I help? I can accept the fact that we disagree about some things, but we know that we're good together business-wise, so let's just do this. But that's not what you got from Hoosier businesses. What you got from Hoosier businesses and so-called leaders, civic leaders, laughable civic leaders, what you got was hate. What you got was don't come to this state. Don't be a part of this state. I ask you, does that sound like leadership for you? Does that sound like leadership to you? Does that sound like the kind of businesses you want? And could any of these businesses and so-called business leaders, could any of them prove their case? How does abortion access equal business? How does the killing of babies equal business? Oh, I'm sorry, too soon? Too soon? No? Okay. How does abortion equal business? You told me that if I don't have it, we're going to lose business. And we have just seen one of the largest conventions in the state of Indiana sign on for seven more years. The question before us is, if I had unfettered access to abortion, how much business would we get? How does abortion equate to business? And my point is, you don't know. You made it up. You lied. You lied when you said if we don't have unfettered access to abortion, we're going to lose business. You lied because you're ideological first. You're not business-minded people. And you don't give a damn about the state. You hope it burns. You think your ideology is more important.
Why? If you bring up a position, you have to defend your position. If you can't defend your position, you should be dismissed. And no one should think of you as a civic leader or a business leader after that. Because you can't defend your position. You couldn't defend it to your employees. You couldn't defend it to me. You couldn't defend it to a stockholder. You couldn't defend it to a bank. You cannot defend it to your customers. You can't defend it. So why on God's green earth would I listen to you? When you have just shown yourself to be a liar and a fraud and a hater of the place you live. Everybody who signed on to this ACLU letter should be damn well ashamed of themselves. Frauds, one and all. Frauds, liars, haters. Despicable. I look forward to Indiana's continued growth. Now, if we could just get those income taxes gone. Maybe bring down some corporate taxes. Now we'd be talking. Get rid of some regulation. Now we'd be talking because that would bring business and I can prove it. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. Get your tickets now. Mega Millions, $1.55 billion. That's where it's at, right? It's at one55 billion or has it gone up it may, it may have it may have gone up for all i know uh yeah it's it's a lot of money it's a lot of money nobody has won in forever yeah 1.55 billion cash option 757.2 million tony katz tony katz today great to be with you uh so uh my advice to you is um you know uh, uh buy your ticket and then yes if you win you do not have to go back to work, myself included. Myself included, $757 million. So what? what is the taxes there? What's the taxes on $757 million? Would you? Well, I don't know what you would keep. I don't know what you would, would keep. Let's say you'd keep like $475 million. It's not even a full $500 million. It's $475 million. You know what? There comes a moment where you're like, Let's try something else. Now, maybe you would go back to work. I, I, have, I have been through this discussion with myself. Would I continue to do radio? I think, I think that's very possible. Would I do all of the things that I do? I might pare that down a scotch. I think that's the, the reality. I think I would keep doing it, but I think I would allow myself a little bit of time. Wouldn't you? Let's say, I, I don't know what your gig is, but even if you loved it, would you allow yourself a little bit of time? Or you'd be like, no, nah, no, nah, that's what I do. It's like the whole parable about the, the, the fishing boat. Guy, uh, you know, uh, catches fish on the dock and someone's like, hey, you're really good at this. You know, if you got a boat, you can catch more fish. And the guy's like, and then what? Well, then you can have a fleet of boats and you can catch even more fish. And the guy's like, well, then what? And the other guy goes, well, at that point, you'd be making so much money, you can do anything you want. What do you want to do? And the guy says, I want to be on the dock fishing. He's already doing what he's doing. He's already doing the thing. He doesn't need all the rest. So maybe you're just doing the thing. That's how I feel. I'm doing it. If I had the money, I'd be like, okay, maybe I'd do a little bit less of it, but I'd still do it. I, don't, I actually don't see how I wouldn't. I, I don't, you know, some people say, oh, Tony, you could never stop working. Oh, yes, I certainly could. That doesn't mean I'd want to, does it? Find everything at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz Today. Today.
Hopefully I don't see myself upon that list. But she said, where'd you want to go? There is a bird right next to the window of my studio, and it won't stop chirping, and it's freaking me out. And that reminded me, I didn't tell you the story of the bat. Or at least, I think it was a bat. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Of course, one of the big stories, uh, Mike Pence making the debate stage. Getting the donors. You need 40,000 individual donors to make the debate stage, and he did it. And I think for a couple people out there, that's a surprise. Who are 40,000 people who are like, yeah, Mike Pence is it. Who are these 40,000 people? I mean, then, you, of course, you're hearing what he's saying about uh, Trump, and he took notes. He took notes regarding uh, lead up to, to January 6th. And I did my duty that fateful day, which, by the way, I believe that he did. I don't think there was any position for him to reject the electors. I'm sorry. I've been through it 14 ways from Sunday. I don't see it. This is something that is what Trump wanted. That doesn't mean it was something that could happen. I, I just don't see it. So he that's a lot, a lot of headwinds. That's a tremendous amount of headwind that... um that that pence is dealing with and he still he still got the 40,000 which means which definitely means that there's definitely movement out there from people who aren't team trump but that doesn't mean that's going to be enough to defeat team trump and then uh there are major republican donors who are looking to glenn youngkin for 2024, this was Fox News, Fox and Friends Today, uh, uh, Steve Ducey uh, asking the question. And then do you believe that he could beat Donald Trump? Oh, definitely. He could beat Donald Trump. He could beat anybody. He's, he's an incredible person. He, he's experienced as CEO of one of the largest equity groups. And he's nearly three years uh, as governor in Virginia, demonstrate his exceptional capabilities. Uh, in running as a leader of a large organization that, you know, there's nobody else like them. Glenn Youngkin now being considered as as savior? I think this is all just a lot of talk right now and nothing to, to really uh, dive in deep to. Is there an appetite for someone other than Trump? Absolutely. Is there still an appetite for Trump, even with all the indictments? It's a, absolutely. So getting worked up over it all is, is I think, meaningless. Uh, I'll continue to share data as, as I get the data. I think, uh, going back to Pence, though, he needed this more than oxygen. He didn't make the debate stage. It was over. And, and let me, just as a, as a bit of clarity, you know, I was talking about Ron DeSantis's ground game, and I said it's non-existent. And I had someone reach out on Twitter, and, and very often, one person is not the totality, right? That's, that's never the way it is. But sometimes you see a reaction that's so visceral. You're like, what's going on with them? And this reaction was, how dare you say he doesn't have a ground game? Of course he has a ground game. Look at all the money he's put into it. And he uh, connected to a story about uh, $100 million that either the PAC um, you know, uh, put together or some other group uh, to to get people knocking on doors uh first uh let's make sure we're clear there's a difference between knocking on doors and ground game 
secondly, you took a look at Ron DeSantis' poll numbers between uh, April and mid-July, and they were sizzling hot garbage, and they got worse every month. So when I say he had no ground game, that it doesn't mean he didn't have somebody knocking on doors. It means that it's totally ineffective. The fact that you and I know that, rationally we understand what that means. We know what we're talking about. Every little thing has to get spelled out. Holy hell. That's why when I saw the response and it was so angry, I was like, whoa, what is what is in this guy's craw? Well, I wasn't, I guess, speaking well enough about uh, Ron DeSantis, and I'm not talking angry enough about Donald Trump, and then you see it the other way, and you're like, man, I, do any of these people actually think they can control what I say in the show? Or really to the point, do they think they could control what you think about the candidates? I got to say it again. I, I was going over this earlier. In 2016, what conservative radio hosts, uh, television personalities, authors, leaders, feel the air quotes, what conservative leaders learned is that they can't tell the people what to think. Now, I was surprised they didn't know this already. You cannot tell people what to think. They think what they think. All you can do is engage the conversations and provide an understanding to it. Theory, philosophy, quotes, an idea, articulate it better than somebody else does. That's what you can do. You can't actually go out there and tell people, here's what you're supposed to think. Here's what conservatives believe. And that's where people like Bill Kristol lost their damn mind. Jonah Goldberg lost their damn mind. We told you Trump was bad, and you said, and voted for Trump, and they can't believe it. They were left there, just, and they didn't know what to do. And they became never Trumpers, which is, of course, a non-conservative position, and uh, embarrassed themselves. And now there are people still thinking they can tell you what it is you have to do to be you know, a, a real conservative, what you have to do to, and, and in this election, what, what, did, did they learn nothing? And the answer is no, they learned nothing. They really believe that they decide. No, you decide. You decide. That's the beauty of the thing. It's, it is unbelievable. And, and, and when I see uh, people coming at me on social media, do they, do they really think they can move me from doing my job and engaging these conversations as I see fit? No, you can't. Doesn't matter what messages you leave. Doesn't matter what emails you send. Doesn't matter what you say. If you engage a conversation rationally, I'm listening to it. If your conversation is, how dare you not say this the way I want it said? You didn't mention this, so therefore X, and you're terrible. Dude. You guys have seen that. You've dealt with that in your social media feeds all the time. It's no different. Believe what I believe and say what I say. Otherwise, you're terrible. Hmm. You mean we can't agree on 10 things but disagree on who might be the better person to bring those 10 things forward? We can't, we can't do that? We can't even 80-20 rule the thing? We can't go full Reagan? Either do exactly what you want or else. Oh, that's a, that's a strategy. What I notice is that there are plenty of people who aren't in the Trump camp and are looking for somebody else. And there are plenty of people in the Trump camp. This is where we're at right now. 
We're going to see whether or not this latest indictment, the the January 6th indictment, does affect uh, things for DeSantis. He moved up a little bit in the Iowa poll uh, polls. Let's see if that continues. And let's see if this creates his opportunity. He needs an opportunity. If he doesn't get an opportunity soon, and the opportunities are not going to come. Yes, the race is long, but he need, he had a very bad start to DeSantis to his campaign. He engages the very public reset. Now you got to reset to something. You have to show some level of movement because you're the second place guy. It's harder to move when you're the third place guy and we're the second place guy. If you were the fifth place guy, now you're the third place guy. At least you still got momentum. The downswing is down. And then you get labeled, ah, loser. I can't win it. Ah, I can't do it. And that's it. That's gone. That's, that's good. Whether Youngkin runs, I don't know. Pence needed this to be on the debate stage. It's the only way he can, he can move it forward. And that got me thinking about the the gubernatorial gubernatorial race. Come on, Tony, gubernatorial race in Indiana, because there's this this story about how um, uh, Greg Pence, the congressman from the Indiana Sixth, how Greg Pence is going to come into the race for governor as the running mate to Suzanne Crouch. He would run for lieutenant governor. Um, nice guy, Greg Pence, truly, uh, a, re- a reliable vote, uh, Greg Pence. Um, I think he's had actually some good conversations regarding, uh, broadband in rural areas and, and you, you would expect that, uh, of, of him. Um, if he is actually considering being Suzanne Crouch's running mate, then what he's saying is I'd like to get out of politics because Suzanne Crouch is not going to get the nomination. And if Brad Chambers, the former Secretary of Commerce of Indiana, gets into this race, Suzanne Crouch isn't going to have any oxygen. I'm not angry with Suzanne Crouch. I'm just stating it as I see it. Suzanne Crouch doesn't generate excitement, doesn't generate enthusiasm. She's not a bad person. But she was there with Holcomb, and Holcomb's uh, problems absolutely rub off on her because why didn't she do X or why didn't she do Y or why didn't she do Z? I think those are all legitimate conversation pieces. Brad Chambers, you could say, well, he was working with Holcomb. He was working on the economics of the state, and he can point to that. He's going to phrase himself as the guy who was uh, running the IEDC, Indiana Economic Development Corporation, and not Secretary of Commerce, to create further division. And people are going to see it as economics and not the social. And they're not going to hit him for not standing up to Holcomb. Crouch doesn't have that luxury. And Chambers is going to go after the business set like Braun wants to get. Chambers has a business history. Chambers has business successes. Chambers is going to have some well-heeled support. It's a problem for Mike Braun. And then Mike Braun is going to have a challenge on the activist side from Curtis Hill. Are we not considering the fact that Curtis Hill is a serious contender? Curtis Hill is a serious contender. Get bent if you don't think otherwise. Those three guys, Suzanne Crouch and Eric Doden, are out. Not angry with them, just stating facts. Oh, but Tony, you know, yes, anything can happen. Always the caveat. They're out. Always the caveat. They're out. 
So Braun has to fight Hill for the activists. Braun has to fight Chambers for uh, the business community. Now, that oddly enough does put Mike Braun still in the lead as the favorite. It does. It does. Because uh, Curtis Hill has got to figure out how he grabs uh, that that well-heeled set, how he grabs more of that establishment set. He, after all, he let them down. And then uh, Chambers, how is he grabbing the activists? Where is Chambers on the social issues? He's going to have to answer some of these questions. He, he, he's not going to have an option. He has to answer some of these questions. But if Greg Pence is thinking about being a lieutenant governor nominee, I don't, I don't understand. Now, if he wanted to go the route of just running for lieutenant governor, well, that's interesting. Of course, uh, there's a pastor out of uh, Carmel, Indiana, Micah Beckwith who has run for office before, is a nice enough guy. Um, he's running for lieutenant governor. And as lieutenant governor, he's going to stand up for the people. And there's a concern because he certainly has uh, a, a bit of activist backing, I should say more than a bit. Um, and uh, he could be a real thorn in the side if uh, he were to win and then uh, somebody were to win the, the governor's mansion. But he's also, for Republicans, a potential drag on the ticket. Um, why? We're not going to notice that uh, Micah Beckwith might be a drag on, on the ticket? I think there's a real calculus that has to happen there. So maybe the Republican Party would love to have somebody like a Greg Pence as their lieutenant governor, as, as somebody who could thwart Micah Beckwith thwart the idea of an activist uprising. I don't know. What? I'm the first person to say it? Oh, you see, now I'm going to get the emails about how I'm a traitor for noticing how other people might be discussing something. This is what we do, guys. We take a look at the field and we say, how is this coming together? And then we discuss how it's coming together. That's what we do. But if Greg Pence is running solely to be uh, connected to Suzanne, to Suzanne Crouch, I don't know what the hell he's thinking. I have no idea what the man is thinking at all. Uh, let me say it differently. I don't think he is thinking at all, if that's what he's thinking. Keep it here. Oh, I got to tell you the story of the bat. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. All right. I will post this to my social media. Go to TonyKatz.com, and I will post this. So this was Sunday, sitting outside. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. I'm sitting outside on Sunday. I'm having a cigar, as I am known to do. And all of a sudden, I hear this, this clicking. I look over onto the grass, and there's some leaves rustling. I'm like, huh. I hear the clicking again. I look out again. The leaves on the, on the grass, you know, like they've fallen from the trees, and they're rustling. Except these leaves are black. I'm like, yeah, maybe they were just, you know, dead leaves or whatever. And they're shaking. I'm like, those aren't leaves. I walk over and it is a bat. It is on the ground on its back. Mouth open as it's making this clicking. I I, I took this picture. I, I posted it at TonyCats.com. I call to my oldest kid. I'm like, get out here. 
And they're like, what's going on? And I point, and they're like, what is happening? I thought the bat had gotten hurt. I thought the bat was dying. Like, oh my gosh, whatever happened, maybe a fight with another animal, but it's daylight. Like, what are you even doing out? The whole thing doesn't make any sense. Very confusing. I'm like, you know what? I don't get involved in, in nature. I live on, on a lake. There is a turtle that, like, dropped 20, 30 eggs in my backyard. So now I've got a chair over it. We mow around it because this, this turtle, it's like a red side-eared, red-eared, sidewinder turtle, whatever. It's gonna, the, the eggs are going to hatch, like, any month. All of a sudden, all these turtles are going to run from the lake. I'm like, my gosh. So... I don't, I don't, I didn't touch that. I just, I'm not, I'm not touching the eggs. I, I'm, I'm not getting involved. Then slowly, like five minutes later, the bat's wings close. And then I'm like, oh, okay. I guess this bat is going to die. Two minutes later, the bat has turned itself over, spreads its wings and flies away. And I'm like, wait a second. I didn't think a bat could do that from the ground. I thought a bat needed to be high in the air and then swoop down to get things and then glide itself, fly itself back. I didn't think it had the ability to fly from the ground. So I'm like, first, is this a bat? Secondly, what the hell just happened? And third of all, now I really do need to move. I put the picture up at TonyCats.com. You tell me what happened. It was crazy. It was crazy. And I won't lie, possibly the stuff of nightmares. Possibly. Find it at TonyCats.com tomorrow, everyone. Take care.